Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I am, of course, as always, your host, Chris Dees. Before I get started, please make sure to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on audio platforms, make sure you hit the follow button as well. Joining me today is a man I am very, very excited to speak to, honoured to speak to, privileged, one of my favourite wrestlers, especially in his most recent run in Ring of Honor. He's a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, Impact X Division Champion, two-time WWE 24-7 champion. As I said, you can find him back in Ring of Honor now tearing it up as part of OGK. He is, of course, the miracle Mike Bennett. Mike, thank you so much for joining me, man. How's it going? It's good, man. Thank you for having me. That was quite the introduction. It always makes me feel <laughs> feel very special. So uh, so thank you. Yes. Uh, um, thanks for talking to me. No, man, like I said, the pleasure is all mine. Um, when I do my intros, I always bring up things that people forgot that they'd done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, that oh, happens a lot when you're a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, when you've been doing it for so long, especially, yeah. Right. Cool. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I'm just going to get right into it. Like I said, I'm really excited to talk to you. There's a few things I wanted to ask about. First thing I wanted sure. to ask about is obviously you, you left WWE last year. It's been pretty much a year and a half, around April 2020. What made you go back to Ring of Honor? Because you had... Lots of options, you know, you really could have gone anywhere, you could have gone back to Impact, I know you know a lot of guys and have wrestled a lot of guys in AEW, you could have gone over there, but you went back to Ring of Honor, which I'm a huge, huge fan of the promotion, but but what was it about Ring of Honor specifically that made you want to go back there? So, uh, short answer, it's, uh, it's my home. It's always been my home. They gave me my first opportunity. Um, Carrie Silken gave me my first contract when I was just a kid, um, but long kind of a long-winded not really long-winded but a story here when I got released uh like you said back in April of 2020 one of the very first people might have been the first person that reached out to me um was Delirious who is as most people know is the head booker at Ring of Honor and it's one of those things where so my wife always laughs because the message he sent me was just, I think it was either a wink emoji or it was a kissy face emoji. <laughs> and uh, when he sent me that, it, may, it was one of those things where it was like, 
Um, you know, it's a scary time. No one knows what's going on. You just lost your job. You don't have a clue what the hell's going to happen. And to have him, who's the head booker, super busy, has everything on his plate, reach out to me and sort of just be like, hey, I got you. We got you. Um, you know, oh, something's happening here. Hold on. Uh, hello. There we go. My stupid phone. Someone's trying to call me. Uh, for him to uh, reach out and just kind of be like, hey, I got you and we got you. I don't know, man. And that just as me as a person and as a human, that just goes a long way to me. Um, and, and again, like I said, it's home and Matt Taven's there, my best friend in the whole world. And it's like, I knew that was an opportunity to go and be the wrestler I wanted to be. And that was going to be at ring of honor. Now, don't get me wrong. I love AEW. I love impact. Um, in this industry, you never say never to anything, but ring of honor has, and probably always will be my home. And I love it there. Yeah. How, how long did it take to receive that, that text message? Was it like literally the same day or as soon as you were announced? I, I believe if I'm correct, it was that same day. If, uh, because I remember him being one of the first people to reach out to me. Um, and I just, again, as someone who has two kids and is a family man and knowing no one knows what's going on to, for him to just kind of be like, we got you. That just, it's it just, that's special to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, everybody, I, like I said, I've spoken to loads of guys from, from ring of honor and there's very much like a, a family feeling like everybody just looks out for each other. And he could have sent yeah. you like a really long, essay message begging you to come back but i like that sure. it's just like an emoji that's yeah kind of cute and that's, and that's, yeah you know and that's why i was laughing and i was telling you like my wife jokes about it because she's like only in professional wrestling does someone <laughs> send you like a kissy face emoji and you're like all right this is how we do business but it's with ring of honor with him and with the guys there that's that's just how we do it like you said it's a family yeah Awesome. Awesome. That's lovely to hear. Um, you mentioned Matt in there, Matt Taven. Obviously, like I said at the start, you're back in Ring of Honor now as the OGK. The, the kingdom started way back like eight years ago, 2013, I think it was. Like um, yeah. guys like Adam Cole and Matt Hardy as well. And then Matt came in. You had so many legendary battles against the Briscoes. And then obviously you found yourself very recently fighting against the Briscoes again. I, I imagine you're at a point now where you close your eyes and you see the Briscoes. But you're always, it just feels like you're going to fight them forever. But it's always it's always so good. What what is it about the Briscoes? Like, do you enjoy wrestling those guys? Why why does why does it always work so well? Uh, I mean, I think there's a uh, a bunch of reasons. Like, I think I could break down a ton of reasons of like talent level and personality wise and this and that. But when it comes down to it, I think what it really breaks down to is the four of us. Um, we all just really like each other. Like we're all friends backstage. The Briscoes are at my wedding. Matt Taven officiated my wedding. Uh, Mark Briscoe gave the prayer at my wedding. Um, so it's like, it's one of those things where we're all, we all just like each other. And sometimes you can't explain it and you don't know why, but certain people just bring the best out of certain people. Yeah. And with the Briscoes, whether it was one-on-one -on -one against Jay or one-on-one -on -one against Mark or tag teaming or Taven wrestling one of them, we've always just brought out the best in each other. And like, we had that match recently at death before dishonor. We haven't wrestled in forever. And it, like you said, I honestly felt like I could close my eyes and have a match with them. Like it was like, it was like riding a bicycle. We all felt like we hadn't missed the beat. And it's one of those moments where you get in the ring and you're just like, Oh yeah, we've done this before. Let's do it. And then you just go. And it's just, it's just, it's, there's certain guys 
in this industry that you have that chemistry with. And with the Briscoes, that just is it. Yeah, I wish I wish there was like a scientific answer to it, but it's really it's really <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, some guys work, some guys don't. It's just really all there is to it. When when you decided to go back to to Ring of Honor, then was was Matt Matt being there? Was he like the the key thing? Did you want to go straight back into tagging with him again, or did you have other ideas? Was it was it like a Ring of Honor idea to put you back together, or was that something that you guys sort of pulled for? Yeah, you know, I always joke, uh, and I've said this in other podcasts before, but like me and Taven had been preparing uh, that reunion for five years. I left Ring of Honor five years ago, and then we had been preparing for it for five years. We always knew we'd end up back with each other at some point, <laughs> just because, like I said before, he's my best friend in the entire world. Like, legit, he's he uh, he's the person that I would go to if I ever needed anything. I have his back. He has my back. He's my best friend. Um, and so it was one of those things where, coming back I was like yeah we're the kingdom and and this is the thing I try to explain to people it's with me and Matt it's never just like all right you're back and then it's kingdom full force no matter what no it's like the kingdom's always going to be there it's we will always be the kingdom I'll have his back he'll have my back we will at times go off and do our own thing like me with the pure stuff him with the world title stuff but at the end of the day the kingdom will always be the kingdom so it's like yes i came back to ring of honor but in a sense i also came back to the kingdom i was there for my, my best friend and he was there for me so if if it's we got to go uh, the two of us have to go beat the crap out of somebody the two of us will go do it if i just have to do it i know i have he's got my back at some point so it's uh it, it's one of those instances where it's like all right we're back together and uh it's like the boy the band is back together we're always there when the other person needs them yeah that's another thing that i get from from ring of honor talent because i've had um i've had shane taylor promotions on the show like a few different times as a group and then individually and you you really get that like i said before that family feeling they've always doesn't matter what they're doing where they might be who they're facing if it's singles or the three-man tags or just normal tags you just know that you've always got each other's back always looking out for each other always trying to like better each other and i don't really get that feeling from from any other promotions just just really ring of honor i think maybe maybe it's because it's such a small roster maybe yeah i i think that could be a reason but i just like here's and i i can't speak for AEW, and i can't speak for impact right now because i'm i'm not there and i don't know how the feeling is but there's a feeling in ring of honor that a lot of times in wrestling, it's a very me, me, me type of business, which is, it's fine. That's how, that's life. You got to take care of yourself first, end of the day. Um, but with Ring of Honor, we all believe in the company, like the Ring of Honor company. Like we believe because we saw the punks go through it. We saw the Bryans go through it and the Briscoes go through it and the Joes go through it and the AJs go through it. And we're like, this company is special and we believe that it's special and we constantly believe in the company before everything else. And I think that's what it's all about. We understand that if the company is successful, we will all be successful. So we all push for a better ring of honor. And I think that's why you get that family atmosphere because we are, we're all like, no, we are literally all in this together. If this company does well, we will all do well. And we believe in what it stands for. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, absolutely. It's definitely the feeling that I get. Um, you mentioned family. You mentioned people that are always there for you and, and have always got you back. Obviously, your wife, we mentioned her name, Maria, before, has been by your side on TV for quite a few years now, regardless of which promotion it's been. You know, she's been there with you in Japan, been there with you, obviously, in WWE. What's it like working with your partner and then having to go home with her as well? Like, is it difficult being together basically 
all the time or like is that the best is that the perk of your job getting to be together all the time see i actually like it um and the thing with me and maria is like we i don't know and i don't know if people will believe this but it's we just we don't get sick of each other like we we're very we're very good at giving each other our space and then we're very good about coming together when we need to come together um and i think it's just a matter of respect i think it's this this level of like I respect what she does. She respects what I do. And then we just kind of, we just kind of work well together. Um, to me, that was one of the perks about being on the road was like all these other guys were missing their wives and their girlfriends. And I'm like, well, yeah. shoot, I get to travel with mine. I, I we get the <laughs> same hotel room. We get to hang out all the time together. Like it's, you know what I mean? I mean, now I obviously, we both miss our kids, but at the time when we didn't have kids, it was like, well, I got no one else to miss because I'm, I'm on the road with you all the time. Um, and not only that, but Maria is incredibly smart in professional wrestling. She has a really, really good mind for it. So like the fact that I can pick her brain and bounce ideas off of her and have her pick apart my matches or my promos, she's, she's one of the reasons why I've been able to excel or succeed in this industry is because she's, she's really quite brilliant when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah, I don't think people. Yeah, I don't think people really think that, do they? I'll be honest. Until you've no. just said it, it didn't really click with me. But like, you think about what she's doing in Ring of Honor at the moment, and like helping with the the women's side of things and the recent tournament and everything. It seems like since she's come back in, obviously the women of Honor were great already, but there's sure. been quite quite a a transitional period, hasn't there, with them not having a champion for such a long time, the the tournament being delayed a couple of times. But since Maria's come in, she seems to have really made a difference. Like, is is she just sort of fully focused? Is is that her whole thing at the minute? Just just trying to sort of like revolutionize the women's division. Yeah, and it's uh, it's I think it's one of the things people don't realize is like she's not just a the character playing the role. She's actually she's booking. The, the, everything like she's actually okay. in charge of the women's division um oh, it's huh. yeah she she um and and so she's booking the women like there's been uh, a handful of of the women that i've worked with on the indies that i've given her ideas and she's ended up booking them like she's <laughs> actually in charge ring of honor gave her the book and said this is your job um oh. and so it's um it's really cool and and that's why i want her to get the credit for it because I think the tournament was fantastic. I think the final two in uh, Miranda and Roxy were the right two to pick. Um, they're both coming up in the industry. They're both going to be mega stars. And I, I think it was a really good idea to go with new, younger talent that people haven't seen before or aren't too familiar with. Um, I think that's a good base to build your company around. And then also put someone in there like Angelina Love, who's a strong veteran with a huge presence, super talented, who can really kind of like guide the ship in that direction. Um, and I think Maria has a really good mind for kind of putting that all together. I mean, uh, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but she learned under Paul Heyman, like Paul Heyman was her teacher and was her, uh, her mentor for so long down at OVW. And he has said on numerous occasions, she's one of the, uh, the best minds in pro wrestling that people don't know about. And it's true. She just has a real, she just gets it more than most people. She sees things in people that other, and that that's kind of what Paul Heyman used to do. He would see things in people that other people didn't see. And Maria is, is really, really good at that. Yeah. And it's good. Like you say, it's good that she obviously made that decision to have those younger, fresher, newer talents, because what do wrestling fans complain about more than anything? It's, it's that we don't see 
new talent. We don't see new superstars being created. So it's it's good to right. like I I have right. no idea. I thought maybe Maria was there as sort of like an advisor role. Right. I had no idea she was so involved and so basically running the whole show. That's amazing. That's that's incredible. Yeah, that no. So did she know she was going to be doing that? Yeah, that was the that was the the pitch for her to come back. And so right. it's it's basically her. And I don't know if he wants me saying this, but I don't care because he'll just yell at me. Uh, Bobby Cruz is they work <laughs> as a team together. And like, right. and that's the thing, like Maria's doing the nitty gritty. She's she's uh, writing up the, the girls, the, um, excuse me, the girls schedules for for their matches. She's writing the storylines, writing the match times, making sure girls have their schedules for makeup, who's flying in and out of where, you know, like legit, like the, the nitty gritty of booking she's doing, she has her hands completely in it. And like, yeah, I, I think a lot of people think she's just like a TV figure, but honestly, the stuff she does on uh, the, the stuff she's doing on TV is like the, the easiest part of her job. Everything else is backstage. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I had no idea. That's eye-opening. That's really that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. So to, to to carry on talking about about Maria and yourself on TV together, I don't want to focus on WWE too much because I know you've obviously sure. spoken about it quite a lot in the past over this last year and a half or so. But what I've always wondered, and I've I've never read about it anywhere else. I'm sure you've discussed this before, but how did you feel about those couple of storylines that WWE had you guys in? Obviously, you know Maria sort of like emasculating you on TV pinning you to become 24-7 champion. Did you, or, or Maria, did either of you have any sort of doubts about that? Was was there any opposition to it? Or is it just sort of like, yeah, we're here to do a job, we're being paid, let's just do it. Were, were you sort of like happy to do that? So it's kind of like a uh, two-part answer. In the, in the one sense, if you had asked me as a fan, do I think this is good television? I would have told you no. Like, I don't <laughs> think the storyline itself was creative uh, I think it was, I think it was kind of stupid and lazy and like just trying to get a, a, a reaction for getting a reaction. Um, as a performer, I think a lot of people think I was offended by it or hurt personally. And as a performer, I could care less because at the end of the day, I'm playing a role on television. And I think that's what I try to express to people. Like, again, my analogy is always if Brad Pitt takes the role of a serial killer, people don't believe he's actually a serial killer and he's not well, telling people, people, some people, yeah, might. Well, some people might. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, he's, he's not telling people, Oh, secretly I like to be a serial killer or you should now only think of me as a serial killer. No, he's saying I was assigned a role that I agreed to do and I'm going to play a serial killer. That's what you do as a wrestler. The difference is, is for some reason we have these blurred lines of, 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 of pretend in reality in wrestling where it's like me and my wife are playing characters. Yes, we're really married. But at the end of the day, when they say cut, we're both laughing about what we're doing. When she like when she's knocking on the door and pins me for the title, we're laughing about that. You know, like when I'm pinning her at the doctor's office, when they say cut. We're dying laughing because it's stupid. It's goofy. It's a role that you're playing. So like, do I think it's good television? No. But at the end of the day, I was hired to play a role. And that's that's what I, I did. Like, what am I going to do? Say no. I had been begging to get on TV. Here's an opportunity to get on TV. All right, I'll take it. Did I think it was good? No, but I'll do it. Maybe it, maybe it speaks to how good your performance was, that it made people yeah. believe that it was a real yeah. thing. But I think, I think social media... As good as social media has been for wrestling, it's 
we know the pitfalls of social media, don't oh, we? Yes. It's made people believe yeah. things that are obviously like back in the nineties, you didn't believe, I don't know, that Val Venus had his penis chopped off. Sure. You, or that, you know, you know, Mae Young didn't didn't have a hand baby. Things like that. Sure. Yeah. I think people have just yeah, we see into people's lives too much and it's sort of warped people's minds a little bit. Like I I I'm with you. I didn't enjoy the the story of the whole right. like Maria masculating you. It just wasn't good TV. Sure. Nothing to do with you guys. You guys did the best that you could. It was you know you you're given a script. You're given a job to do. You can only do so much with it if it's bad TV, can't you? Yeah, and like and yeah. that's the thing is it it happens in every type of TV genre. You know, like mm. you'll watch you'll watch The Walking Dead and there'll be an episode where you go. That was just bad television. That doesn't mean the entire Walking Dead is bad. That doesn't mean no. the actors are bad. That's just, a, it was just a really bad episode that just didn't click. And you go, yeah, that was pretty stupid. I didn't really like that episode. That's yeah. kind of how I felt with that. It was like, and I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, maybe it was Vince punishing him or trying to make him look foolish. And again, even if that's the case, I'm still playing a make-believe character. I'm yeah. still not really being pinned by my wife really not being emasculated by my wife. At the end of the day, we went back to the hotel, ate dinner and laughed with each other and had fun. Like we really didn't hate each other. You know, it's one of those things where like, there can be a million reasons why the storyline happened. At the end of the day, it's still a make-believe storyline. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. A apart from that storyline, obviously, the way WWE utilized you or, or didn't utilize you, maybe is more appropriate, was obviously very disappointing as fans, fans of yourself from Impact and Ring of Honor. I know that WWE had tried to sign you a few years before that, maybe a couple of years before, and it, it didn't happen for whatever reason. So I, I was disappointed as a fan to see how short the WWE run was. I, I, when, when I looked back at dates, I couldn't believe it was three years because it didn't- Oh my God, me neither. Like three years at all. It was just seemed like you were there and, and then you were gone. Like do, Looking back in hindsight, would you have liked to have had some time in NXT, maybe? Because that's when NXT was really on fire. It was it was one of the best shows on TV, one of the best wrestling shows. Would you have liked to go down there and work with those guys, maybe sort of like introduce yourself to the WWE audience a little bit more, maybe? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I do get asked this question a lot, and I think it's a fair question because, like, at the time there was only like a handful of us that had skipped NXT. Like it was yeah. me and Maria. It was AJ. It was the good brothers. Um, there wasn't a ton of us. And a lot of guys who are just as talented as me, if not more talented than me, were going to NXT. So like, it's a fair question to ask. Um, but again, it's one of those things where it was entirely out of my hands and hindsight's always twenty twenty. And like, I loved working for Triple H. I think he, I think he understands wrestling. I think he has his finger on the pulse of what's popular in wrestling. Um, I think he understands where it's going more than anyone else in WWE. Um, so I think I would have personally have loved learning under him and been under his like, um, you know, have him teach me. And because all the guys that end up leaving there, like Cole and Gargano and Tommaso, who talk about it there, they say like the best part was learning from Triple H, learning from Sean you know, having him guide the ship. So I think I would have loved that. And I think it would have been great. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those things where I, I try to find the silver lining and everything. And at the time with all the talent that was coming through with the, the Kevin Owens and the Sami Zayn's and the AJ's and the Tommaso's and the Coles, there was only a handful of us that skipped NXT. 
and I was one of them. So like, I wear that like a badge of honor. Like, I'm just like, okay, you trusted in me enough to let me skip NXT and go right to the main roster. So like, again, it's a double-edged sword. Who knows? Maybe I would have had more success or like a lot of guys, I could have been successful at NXT and then gone up to the main roster. And because the truth is, if Vince doesn't see anything in you, he doesn't see anything in you. So you can have a killer run at NXT, go up to the main roster. And I mean, EC3 did well in NXT, came up to the main roster. And like, if you can't find a spot for that guy, then I feel like you're hopeless. Uh, I mean, because he's like, he's amazing. One of the most underrated guys in all of professional wrestling. And if you can't find a spot for him, I mean, there's really no hope for me either. So it's like, it's one of those things where, again, hindsight's 2020. I could have done really well at NXT and then done really well on the main roster. Or I could have done really well at NXT and stunk it up on the main roster. There's just no way of knowing. And EC3, EC3's WWE's loss and Ring of Honor's gain, isn't he? Exactly. It's a yeah, perfect absolutely. example of, of not knowing what you've got un- until it's gone, basically. And that, um, unfortunately, that's, that's like, that's a lot of guys, you know? I sit there and think of all the people that have been released over the last couple of years, and I'm like, man, if you can't find a spot for those guys or those girls, like, how do you not find a spot for Buddy Murphy? How do you not find a spot for Chelsea Green? How do you, like, these yeah. people are uber talented. How do you not, I don't, I don't get it. But again, it's the gain of all these other companies. You could literally take over the last few years, everybody that's been released and just put them in a new promotion and you would have a ready-made roster ready to just go from day one. Oh, and it would be fantastic. And it would be like, so would good. Be like great. guys like yeah. Miro as well. And Oh, yeah. That's the so, thing, man. I start listing off names and then I forget some people and I'm like, oh my God, how did you fire that person? Like, what are we doing here, folks? <laughs> um, right. So another, another sort of like, to add on to that last question about um, about maybe having an NXT run, obviously you love working with Maria. You've done it for a number of years now. At the time, I seem to recall people were saying, "Oh, he's only he's only in WWE because of Maria. He's only on the main roster straight away because Maria used to be there." Blah blah blah, all that kind of bullshit. Anyone that's an actual fan of yours would have known you were there on your own merits. You got there off your own back and off your own talent. So similar to the last question about would an NXT run have benefited you? Do you think maybe not going straight up with Maria might have benefited because, because of that perception people had straight away, maybe introduce Maria a little bit later down, a bit like Karrion Cross, somebody like Karrion Cross who's not with Scarlett at the moment, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, man, I think there's like a million different scenarios you can play out and be like, well, maybe it would have been different if this didn't happen. Or maybe if, if it just went this way, this wouldn't have happened. At the time, me and Maria, they when we were negotiating with them to come in, they wanted the package deal. They liked the idea of me and Maria. Like that that was what we'd done, on, done in Ring of Honor. It's what we did at Impact. That's kind of what we were. We were, we were Macho Man and Elizabeth. You wanted the, the, the deal, you know? Um, I'm not saying... I know I'm not saying we were as good or I'm sure people are going to come at me and try to, you know, uh, spam my Twitter. Exactly. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they were a package deal. We were a package deal. That's what it is. Um, but I always find it funny that people like that. They think like, Oh, he's only there because of Maria, because all these conversations, when they go down, they can very easily just take my wife and not take me. We've never once went to a company and said, it's the package deal or it's nothing. They used to say that about New Japan. They used to say, oh, he's only at New Japan because they really want Maria. 
if they really wanted Maria or they really just wanted Cole or Taven or they could have just brought Maria and Cole over or Maria and Taven or just Maria. They never had to bring me over. All the conversations were, no, we want the both of you. We want the both. And we never were like, it's the two of us or nothing at all. So yeah. like that argument never made sense to me because these people don't understand the negotiations. Um, but you know, me and Maria are now actually in a place where we're trying to kind of do our own thing. We've kind of reached a point where like going back to ring of honor, we're like, all right, we did, we did the thing together for like nine or 10 years. Now let's kind of drift our, drift our separate ways and kind of see what happens. And I think, I think it's good for us. Plus Maria's trying to get more behind the scenes. As I was telling you earlier, she's booking the entire women's division. And I think she doesn't really enjoy the on-camera stuff anymore as much as she enjoys um, the backstage stuff and the behind the scenes stuff. Um, she'll tell you straight up, booking the women's division is the job she's always wanted to do. Like that's her dream job. She's having the time of her life. And like, I think it's just a time to see like, you know, go, go our separate ways and then see what we can do. At the end of the day, we got two kids together. So we're always stuck to each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's it now forever. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, that's it. We created two creatures, so we're stuck with them. <laughs> right. Let's move away from WWE because like I said, you've, you've spoken about it so much over the last year and a half. Thank you for being so open and honest with me about it, even though you've probably repeated yourself a few times. Um, Next year marks a, a pretty big milestone for you. 20 years since you, your debut in 2002. Um, and yet you're only 30, 36. You know, that's that's a long time to be wrestling. And yet at 36, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns is, is 34, 35, 36 in that sort of that area. So you've still got a good amount of years ahead of you. Some wrestlers go into their mid-40s, into their 50s. A lot have stopped wrestling by now. Is you, you've been everywhere. You've been everywhere in the world. You've been to all the promotions. Like I said, you've been to Japan as well. You've wrestled all of the top names. Is is there anything left that you still want to achieve? Anywhere you want to go? Anyone that you still want to wrestle? Are you sort of focused on on being in the tag division in Ring of Honor, or would you like to break off from Matt and, and go for some singles gold? Still knowing that he's obviously there in the background to support you. What what are your plans? Sort of obviously the last. The last year's not been the best because of COVID and we're only just getting sure. out of that now. But what does like 2022 look like for you? So to me, my main goal, and this kind of started at WWE when I wasn't getting used. And it's kind of like uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So when you're not wrestling, all you want to do is wrestle. And not wrestling at WWE made me realize how much I love the wrestling aspect of the industry that we're in because when you talk about pro wrestling some people love the wrestling some people love the promo some people love the mix of the bowl some people love different styles to me i ended up finding like pure wrestling japanese wrestling noah new japan like actually old school ring of honor like i fell in love with actual wrestling and i got to the point where i was like there's not a single person and that's a fan of wrestling that would consider me one of the top five wrestlers in the world. Like I'm a realist. I understand how people view me. No one's going to say Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, Mike Bennett. It's just not going to happen. Like I get it. My goal is to be in that top five. I want to be considered one of the best wrestlers. And in order to do that, I need to become pure champion. I need to become ring of honor world champion. I want to be ring of honor world champ. That's my biggest goal right now. I want to be ring of honor world champion, tag champ, pure champion. Like I want the company to trust me as their top guy. I want to be in that discussion as best wrestler. And at the end of the day, 
I want to go out and prove to people that I can have these kick-ass matches, you know? And that's that's been my goal ever since I got back. Like, I want to go out and I want to have a series with Jonathan Gresham, best of seven series with Jonathan Gresham. I want to go out and have a series with CM Punk or Brian Danielson. I want to go out and have these matches with Jay Lethal, or I want to go out and wrestle Shane Taylor. Like I want to show people that I can go and I can do strong style and then I can do Lucha and then I can do, you know, goofy ha ha pro. I want people to be like, Holy cow, that guy can do everything. I mean, I just had a match with Chris Dickinson where we went 20 minutes of just like strong style, Noah style wrestling, where we just beat the absolute, hell out of each other and i had the time of my life and i want people to know like oh crap if mike wants to go he can go that's my goal right now like i want to talk to you in like five years and be like you know what there is a lot of fans that go kenny omega daniel bryan mike bennett that's my goal and you think that's still doable at at sort of like saying your age makes you sound old but you know what i mean like in in the wrestling cycle do you think you still got enough time to do that enough time to to get out there and travel around to all those different promotions and i'd love to see that series by the way against jonathan gresham that would be incredible that would be amazing um you know what there are times when i'm like oh geez i'm 36 do i have enough time to do this and then there's other times where i go I'm only 36. I got plenty of time to do this. Um, You know what I think I have in my benefit is that I now have this mentality and I know how to go after it. Whereas like if I'm 21 or 22 and I'm newer in the industry, I don't have the knowledge that I do now. But like you said earlier, I've been so lucky and so fortunate that I've been able to get in the ring with Okada and Tanahashi and the Briscoes and the Young Bucks. And I've been in the ring you know, with Kevin Steen and Sami Zayn and like all the, everybody, like I've been fortunate to be in the ring with the best of the best. And it's like, you learn something from everybody every time you get in there and you just become an encyclopedia of knowledge. So I feel like knowing where my motivation is at, mixing that with, um, with all the knowledge I have. And not only that, but mixing, I had a buddy reach out to me uh, about a few months ago when I got sober And he said to me, or not when I, but I was celebrating my four year uh, sobriety. And he said to me, you know, think of all you accomplished when you were on drugs. And now that you are clear headed, (laughs) think about what you can do. And I was like, holy shit. Like you, you're right. Like there's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. So in my head with that mentality and with the knowledge I have, I feel like I'm at the perfect age to do exactly what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's a hell of a mentality to have. It just, I guess it just depends on what side of the bed you wake up on, doesn't it? One day you could feel like, oh, I'm too old, and then you think, oh, I've got plenty of time. Um, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned your sobriety in there. I hope you don't mind me asking. Because um, oh. I, I know you, you've been open about it in the past. I didn't even think to bring it up, to be honest, because I was one of those things I don't know if you should tread carefully around. Um, no, man, I honestly, and I'll say this now, I like talking about it because the more people talk about it, the more the stigma gets away. I think we have a stigma because people are unsure whether we should talk about it. Um, so I think talking about it is like, oh, okay, it's okay to talk about. What What was the, um, I've, I've heard stories, I've heard dirt sheets say this, that, and the other, various things about your time in WWE while also being at rehab did, did WWE pay for your rehab or, or was it just, I, I, I don't know the, the story. I always see different stories. What, what actually happened there? 
So th- no, they, they never, they never paid for rehab because I try to explain to people. I never, I never went to rehab. My rehab was, um, so when I got clean, I, I told my wife that I had a drug problem and she took all my stuff. She took my keys, my cell phone, my wallet. And I was basically on lockdown at my house and my, at my house. And at, we were actually, when I first came clean to her, we were at, um, we we're actually in universal on vacation at like a Lowe's universal resort. Um, and so it was, it was a, a, a beautiful rehab center that I could stay at, the, you know, universal studios, but I never, I never went to rehab because I didn't need it. I was able to find other avenues of keeping myself clean. And one of the biggest avenues that kept me clean was I became addicted to pain pills because I was bored a lot of the time because I wasn't working a lot. I was at impact and we were only shooting like once every month or month and a half. So like I would sit at home and I had an injury. So that injury healed and then I would get bored and just pop more of the pills that I was on. But you know what I mean? Like it was one of those constant cycles. Being busy at WWE is what helped me get off painkillers is what helped me, you know, essentially get sober. And I was on the road and I, and that's why like, it's all documented. You can look up all the match results. When people say, no, he was in rehab. I was like, there's no way because this day, this day, this day, this day, I was in Alabama and Georgia. (laughs) And like, I was doing house shows nonstop. And I was doing the drives with, um, with Rowan and Connor. And they're two guys that I always give a ton of credit for because they looked out for me. Um, It was always my wife. My wife was the main source that got me sober. It was basically like, you need to get sober or this marriage isn't going to last. And then shortly after that, we found out she was pregnant. So then I had a whole new reason of why to stay clean and sober. And it was my daughter. And so it was one of those things where, no, WWE, I never told them. I never came out to them. It wasn't until I put a post up on social media did they find out. And they never approached me. They never asked me if I needed help. When I give them credit, I'm giving credit to people like uh, Rodog who would come up to me and check on me. I'm giving credit to guys like Billy Kidman who would come up and check on me or Goldust who would come up and talk to me. The boys, the boys always looked out for me. And that's when I say, yes, WWE helped me. They did. The guys in the company helped me. And I will still say this and people will try to manipulate my words all the time. I'm very thankful I wasn't fired because I wanted to work at the company at that time. And so like the fact that they didn't fire me for being a drug addict went a long way with me. Now, further on in my career, they did a bunch of lousy stuff that I didn't agree with. But at the time I was like, yes, I'm very thankful you did not fire me. Um, We always try to make things very black and white where life is always just shades of gray. There's nothing about life that's not shades of gray. And that whole story is just, it's shades of gray. But yes, at the end of the day, they did not pay for my rehab because I didn't go and I didn't ask for them to. It's people trying to find a headline. Isn't it? It's people yes. trying to find something to tweet about, something to put on a on a dirt sheet. I think it's people just, like you say, manipulating what you've said because you were in WWE at the time. Oh, they must have helped. They must have helped sure. to get you clean. They must have put you through rehab. I think that's where the confusion right. is for me as well. And the fun, like, you know. the funny thing is too, which I don't like. If they had helped me, I would be the first one to say that they had helped me. If they had paid for my rehab and took care, I I don't say they didn't pay for my rehab as a shot against them. I say they didn't do it because I want to give the people who did help me the credit. My wife helped me. My wife saved my life. You know, Connor and Rowan looked out for me when they didn't have to. Goldust and Road Dog and Billy Kidman, 
they, they, they lent an ear to me when they didn't have to. I want those people to get the credit. Not that I want people to be like, oh, screw WWE because they didn't help them. No, I didn't ask them for help. Uh, the people that did help me, I did ask for, and they were wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's again, social media, isn't it? It's Twitter. Yeah, it's exactly. It is what like, it is, you know? Argue yeah. about and comment on and stuff like that. But, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for being so, again, open and, and about it. It's one of those things I never know if it's okay to talk to people about. Oh, with me, it is because I want to, I want to remove the stigma of addiction because like we have this idea that if you're an addict, you're one of the, you're, you're homeless, you're on the street, you got a needle sticking your out of your arm. And there, there are a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people like that. And we need to talk about that. But there's a stigma of like everyday people that you interact with every single day that you're like your friend, your, your brother, your sister, your mother, your dad, like this is a serious issue that's going on. And I mean, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in America, it's a serious issue. And like, it's an epidemic over here. And the reason it, it doesn't, it goes like, uh, we don't figure out a, a solution for it is because it's taboo. It's stigmatized. People don't want to talk about it. The more we talk about it, the more we will be able to help people. Yeah. And I don't know how many people will watch this video, but if it even just helps one more person one. here and you talk about it, then, you know, it's, it's done what it's, it's, it's set out to achieve, hasn't it? Um, I don't, That's I think always yeah, been my goal. Even in the UK, I think it's a worldwide problem really, isn't it? It's hard to too. say, yeah, but it's, it really it's, is. It's definitely a problem here. People don't don't like to open up. I think it's especially men. That's another stigma, yeah. as well, isn't it? That men men should be strong and you know grow a yeah. grow a pair and stuff like that. But but men just don't want to talk because of the fear of how they'll be viewed or, you're, or emasculated. You're considered weak because yeah. we again it's stigmatized in this way where people are like they don't look at it as a disease. They don't look at it as an issue. They look at it as oh well you're you don't have the willpower to overcome it. No, that's not, that's not it at all. My brain's wired differently and I need to figure out how to rewire it. So it's okay. That's a problem. That's a disease. And like, until we stop condoning people and can like, think like, oh, well you can just fix it on your own. It's like depression, you know, just smile, just toughen up, just deal with it. It's not yeah. that simple. It's a disease. Like, let's talk about it. Like it really is. Yeah. Absolutely. So anybody like, I, I don't know what the channels are to go to, but if anybody listening to this has been through these kind of things, thinking and feeling these things, reach out, reach out to a friend, to a loved one, to anybody, you, you, a tweet. Reach out to me on Twitter, please. I, I DM people all the time. Yeah. I, I, as much, many people as I can, I try to DM if they, Hey, I'm having trouble. I'll DM you. I try to just send them a quick, like, you got this. I got your back. We've all been through it. Like, I get a ton of, of DMs, but like I try to reach out to the people I can because it does help. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's. Um, I'm going to wrap this up by ending on something a bit more, bit more cheerful. Um, I like to ask all my guests the same, the same question to wrap up. I ask about their Mount Rushmores, but I like to sort of like adapt it to them and to their background, the places they've been and the things they've done. So, you know, a general Mount Rushmore is very hard to pick. Could you sure. give me your Mount Rushmore? of ring of honor talent either either guys who are there now or guys who you've wrestled and you've seen come through the ranks i know that's a bit of a difficult one especially as uh, you work there now but sure i mean if i had to do like an overall ring of honor mount rushmore of all uh, time all time it would depth for me it would definitely be punk joe uh brian and nigel nigel yeah Yes, yeah. Nigel McGuinness is my absolute favorite Ring of Honor wrestler ever. And I don't mm -hmm. think he gets the props he deserves. 
No, no, he doesn't. I mean, it says it says a lot that as as somebody British, I sometimes yeah. forget that he was he was in Ring of Honor but <laughs> because because I think of Nigel McGuinness, I think, oh yeah, the commentator. Sure. I know he was a great wrestler, but I just don't always piece it together. Um, but no, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a Mount Rushmore man. That's a hell of a faction. Um, Mike, that's all I've got for you, man. Like I said at the start, I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to keep you too long. I'll let you get going. But before before I let you go, um, where can people find you on social media? What have you got coming up soon? What are you up to in Ring of Honor at the minute? What matches have you got coming up? Yeah, uh, just follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Bennett. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the Real Michael Bennett. Um, please watch Ring of Honor. Check out their YouTube channel. They're constantly uploading content. Um, I have a match on there that I'm super proud of, me versus Rhett Titus um, in a, a pure rules match. It's one of my favorite matches I've had this year. Um, check that out. Uh, I'm doing a show for Northeast Wrestling coming up on October 16th. Um, yeah, man, just please, guys, watch Ring of Honor. Talk about Ring of Honor. Tweet Ring of Honor. I really feel like we're doing special stuff right now. And because there's a lot of attention focused in other companies, we're not getting the recognition that we should. Um, and there's just so much talent under one umbrella. Also, um, please go out and search these YouTube. I just put up a bunch of YouTube videos of matches I've had over the last year. Not because I want you to watch me, but because I want you to watch the guys I'm wrestling against. Like I wrestled a ton of super talented indie guys like Brian Keith, Mysterious Q, Cole Radrick. Um, just a bunch of guys that like I think are, are, are going to be the next echelon of super talented guys and are going to make a name in this industry. And I really want eyes to get on them because I think they deserve it. So go to my Twitter, look up Mike Bennett versus Brian Keith or Mysterious Q or whatever, um, and just watch them and, and, and please talk about these guys because they're so talented. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll leave them. I'll put their names in the bios and I'll try and find some links to them as well in their social medias and just to get the, the word out. That'd about be them. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank no you. problem at all. Mike, thank you so much, so, so much for joining me, man. You're somebody that I've wanted to talk to for such a long time. It's been an absolute pleasure, an absolute blast. Um, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like I said at the start, please either hit subscribe or follow, depending on where you're watching or listening to this. You know where to find me. Everything will be in the about section, linktree forward slash it's my wrestling podcast. And that's it, Mike. You've been an absolute star. Thank you so much for joining me. Everybody, thank you again and take care until next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.